Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old loan officer from California. I started this podcast back in April 2020. Got furloughed from my job for about three months. And during those three months, I was very honest with myself. I was like, we can either start emotionally eating. We can start suppressing these feelings of not feeling worthy because you've lost this thing that you attach so much of your identity to. Or we can start that podcast that you've always been wanting to start. So I decided to go with that second option and I'm so glad I did. I've interviewed over 130 people since then. It's been incredible. I've got to interview music artists and seven-figure entrepreneurs and just all these incredible people with different stories and different ways of how they got to where they are and just hearing about their journey, hearing about their shit show moments because we all have shit show moments and just learning how to navigate them better and learning how to learn from them and take them and create something magical out of them. And I'm so glad that I get to interview all these incredible people and I am such a big believer that you can radically change your life in a year. You can just radically change your circumstances, where you're at. And I remember being 19 and just trying to get a job and applying to like, I was applying to Ross and like a smoothie bar and like all these places wouldn't take me. And I was like so offended. I was like, why is no one taking me? And then I finally passed my NMLS test and then I got a job with a major mortgage company. And I was like, oh, that's why they didn't take me because I was meant to go down and get this job instead of that job. And I went from being 19 with $0 in my bank account and just being so strong about money and so stressed about like is it going to come into my life do I what am I going to do about this should being 20 year old with over 60 grand in savings and I think one of the big changes that I made between those two was even when I had zero in the savings account I still believed that I was abundant I still believed that money was going to flow into my life I still believed in something that I couldn't see at the time because I knew it was just a matter of time before it was going to come so I'm such a huge believer and you can radically change your scenario you can step into that next version of you and that next version of you that higher self version of you she's not that far away as you think i think she's just there's just garbage in the way and it's just undercovering that garbage that's in the way of you getting to her and just stepping into that and the next version of you with the next level results it's something i'm super passionate about and i hope from this podcast that you get to hear these stories and relate with these people and just relate with like not necessarily like just re connecting to that path of what you want to do and reconnecting to that higher version of you and what you wanted to be when you were younger and what lights you up and what brings you joy. So I'm so excited for you guys to hear these episodes. Would love to connect with you on Instagram. My Instagram's the shit show of my 20s. DM me and love to have a conversation and feel free to share this with someone you know will love it. And you can also leave a review on iTunes. I would love that. Today's guest is Allie. I love chatting with her. Allie is an actress and recording artist. She's also a writer. She grew up in Dallas, Texas. And we go into her acting journey and how she fell in love with music and the inspiration behind some of her songs. She was part of a group called The Stunner. She toured with Justin Bieber in 2010. And she also booked a series regular role on ABC's family series called The Lion Game. So we go into her acting journey, we go into her move from LA to Tennessee, how she got into acting, how she deals with the rejection, and so much more. So excited for you guys to hear this episode. Let's get started. 
So thank you so much, Allie, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. Love to start. Tell me about your 20s. Feel free to include any shit show moments we might resonate with. Let's start there. Okay. Well, I guess I'll start with when I turned 20, I was living in Los Angeles. I'm originally from Texas, outside Dallas, and I moved to LA when I was 16. I remember my 20th birthday was at this place. I think it was called Capital City. It was a restaurant and like, you know, my closest friends came. And I remember feeling so old. I was like, oh my God, I'm 20. So old. Like we're officially like adults. And that's just so funny because 20, you look back and you're like, wow, I was a tiny little baby and I didn't know anything about the world. 20s were were crazy. There there were some really good moments. I had some career strides in my 20s. I booked my first series regular role on a show called The Lying Game, which was an ABC family show. And then I went from that show to a Sundance series called The The Red Road, which was like a very different type of show. More I mean, I guess it was kind of YA because of my storyline, but it was more of an adult show and it was very dark. It's a drama, kind of loosely based on real life scenarios. But even within those chapters of my life where my career was, you know, going great, in the midst of that, my parents told me that they were getting a divorce. My relationship with my ex-boyfriend, my boyfriend at that time, was off and on really hard to manage with me shooting a show in Austin and then in Atlanta and he being in Los Angeles and we had a band that we had together. And so, and I just like felt really lonely. Like it was very hard to navigate moving into a new chapter of my life and kind of like balance and learning how to deal with the egos of like, you know, the people closest to me, egos of the people closest to me and coming into my womanhood and learning what that's about. And which I only feel like I really just figured out this year (laughs) as a 31 year old. So yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm an actor, but I also play music. I've been a recording artist for a long time, was in a pop girl group called the Stunners with a couple of people that you might know. Tanache was in that group. Haley Kiyoko was also in that group. We toured with Justin Bieber and that was fun, but that was before my twenties. So we won't talk about that, but that was kind of like, you know, preparation for entering the real world and being an entertainer on a national scale. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of like me in a nutshell. My dad's an alternative medicine doctor. So I kind of grew up with that in the household growing up with just them, my both my parents teaching me everything about like, you know, how to eat well. And it wasn't that we were like an anti-prescription home, but we were just more like natural remedies, homeopathic, positive type of household. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to go back to when did this whole like... Were you the kind of kid who was in plays and you like always knew like you had this entertainment side or did it come later on or how did this all evolve for you? I've, I've been an entertainer since I could walk. I have always loved making people laugh first and foremost. I love to entertain people. I was, I was like the black sheep of the family. No one else in my immediate family are artists. I mean, deep down they are. Like, I think deep down everybody is an artist, but I'm the only one who was like, I'm going to do this and it's going to be great. And, And I have, and it's something that I continue to work at. I was seven when I started playing the violin, taking violin lessons, and then nine when I started performing on stage, or I guess seven 
when I started taking ballet as well and then performing on stage, but singing in front of people didn't come until I was nine. And then from there, I started writing songs when I was 15. And at the age of 16, I told my mom, I was like, I remember being in school. It was like the first week of 10th grade, I think. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> like, If I'm in an environment that is not inspiring, I got to get out because like your soul will immediately be just sucked out of you. And this can go into a longer conversation about, you know, just my thoughts on the education system here in America and a bunch of different things. But I wasn't inspired. I wasn't feeling challenged. And I felt like I was just heading in a different direction anyway. And I was like, well, why don't, you know, I'm the only kid at home still. So mom and dad, like, why don't you move me to LA so I can pursue my dream? And they were down. They, they, were for it. I mean, they were for it up until that point with like all the ballet lessons and violin lessons. And so it kind of made sense just to give it a shot in LA. And did you ever have a backup plan or you knew like this was going to work? Like you just were like a hundred percent all in? Oh, well, I mean, no, I didn't have a backup plan, but in, in the, the journey, there's always, there've been moments where, you know, things haven't been going like I'm the lead on a TV show. And in those moments, I'm like, well, maybe I should like get my real estate license or think about, you know, doing something else or like putting a plan B together. And like, I got my yoga teacher certification. So I'm a yoga teacher and that sometimes, you know, can supplement my income a little bit. But the unfortunate reality of choosing to be an artist is sometimes you're not always going to be making the most money. And sometimes you're going to have seasons where you're struggling and seasons where you're doing amazing. And it's, it's like, it's sucky because you get in your head, you start to doubt yourself and have all that like internal dialogue of imposter syndrome. And like, maybe I'm not good enough, or maybe I'm not really supposed to be doing this. And then like, you can really get yourself stuck in a block and you're not even able to be creative anymore, but then life will get so sucky and you'll just have to make the decision of like, what do I really want for my life? Do I want to be a real estate agent? No. I mean, yeah, that'd be amazing job security, but that's not what I want. That wouldn't fulfill me. And in order to do that really well, you have to dedicate a lot of time and energy. And basically anytime I've been confronted with the opportunity to quit, I was like, no, just create something. It can be one page of a script. If that's it, if that's all I do today, one page of a script, that's what I'm going to do. If I can write a song today, great. Maybe it won't be that. Or if I can work on a recording of a song, or if I can, you know, study or just finding something to do, even if it's meditation, just staying in the work, but it is work. And I think the unfortunate thing that most people don't realize who aren't artists is that there's so much work that goes into what we do that people don't see. And so that's why, you know, people can, can get the impression that if you're not at the high, you know, the top level, a hundred percent of the time that you're either being lazy, you're slacking off, you're like not really serious about it. So all that to say, if you are an artist, or even if you're, you know, just pursuing something that hasn't been done before or hasn't been done in the way that you've are trying to do it just keep going and keep refining and the thing that's been the most challenging thing for me but also the most beneficial is just learning how to have patience in the process because I like things to happen like this 
you know, like I actually am a business person at heart. Like I am a boss. Like I know how to like make things happen and let's like, let's go. I got the energy. I can lead. Like, let's make things happen. But things take time, you know, and it's a process. Creating new things is a process. Mm -hmm. And have you ever gone through a season where it feels like all of your creativity is gone? And like, what do you do when it all kind of just disappears? I return, I definitely have. Well, I wouldn't say all creativity goes out the window. Like I, I never feel like I'm 100% out of creativity. The, the thing that I have struggled the most with has been depression. And, and even in depression, I was still able to be creative, but that's like a whole different thing. Like when I was depressed, it was because I was dealing with all these personal, you know, life things like parents getting divorced and my relationship with my boyfriend ending and our band ending and feeling like, okay, now I'm a completely vulnerable, brand new, newborn baby. And now I have to like reinvent myself essentially and figure out what the next step is. And um, maybe I didn't do this. So do that. So great. (laughs) But I mean, whenever I'm feeling like a lack of creativity. I typically do things that just inspire me, even if it's not even inspire me to create, but just inspire me. So if it's like going on a walk and just really taking moments to appreciate how beautiful the trees are and like how beautiful it is to hear the wind rustling through the leaves, noticing the sounds of the birds, the squirrels, Like just to me, that's not only mindfulness, but that's also like an artistic practice. And that's nurturing like your inner child is to play games or just be fully present and like take in the world and also realize how like what a gift it is just to be alive. But I think we get stuck a lot of times when we think that we have to have it all figured out, you know, like right you know I'm 31 and I'm still like figuring it out where society would maybe say oh by this time you should be married you should be like maybe having your second or third kid your career should be on top of it and you just have to like let all of that go because we all grow at different paces and I have you know a lot of times depression can be activated not only by like diet and like how you're handling your health, but how, what's your relationship with your ego? Like, is it a healthy relationship? Are you able to have compassion for where you are right now and understand that moving through transitions or shit show moments is like an opportunity to actually love yourself more and be more gentle with yourself and be more curious and playful instead of I suck, I shouldn't be doing this, I'm stupid for even trying, nothing's ever going to come to fruition, I have to wait so long, like all these other people, comparing your life to everybody else's life that seems so much more magical, and you don't know what opportunities or what advantages they had over you, you know, so, so yeah. (laughs) And I'd love to go deeper into reinvention, you said there's some things you didn't do as well as you could have. What do you do during your own reinvention and what do you think you could have done better? Well, I guess it's hard to be able to exactly say. I actually think I'm doing a, a swell job. I think it's just taken longer than I had anticipated. So maybe what I could have done better is 
having a little bit more trust in myself in the process of that transition, maybe sharing more with either on a platform like this or reaching out, asking for help, not trying to do everything on my own, like just being being a little bit more willing to be vulnerable and seen, which is not easy for most people, but it really is not easy for me. Like I don't love showing emotions. I'm pretty like, like to keep things light, you know, like, like to hide all my pain underneath humor and and a smile. And I did have, I have one friend who became like, we became really close because we were going through breakups at the same time and kind of, you know, going through similar things. So it was nice to have each other to lean on and compare stories with. And maybe I couldn't have done it any better. Maybe I did it the right way. I mean, I think I'm judging my my journey because like I didn't stay fully focused on acting. Like I kind of let myself wander into yoga world and becoming more invested in in learning about yoga. But I, I honestly actually do think it's made me a more well-rounded person. I think I just judge myself because I had a meeting with an agent once during all this time and my hair was a lot longer. I was, I was fully blonde, very like I was living in Malibu at the time, just like, you know, hippie vibes or whatever. And I had this meeting with this agent who I really wanted to sign with, but she, she was like, so like, what are you just like some like yogi hippie girl and the way that she said it made me internalize it and be like oh I'm not supposed to be that if I want to be a serious actor you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and looking back now I can be like well she was full of shit and like actors are allowed to fucking do yoga okay (laughs) sorry I curse (laughs) no you can (laughs) Um, you know I wish I would have stood up for myself a little bit more in that moment and just been like yeah. So what's the problem? Like what? Like it's hard. Like just had like a real L Woods moment. Yeah. Like I can be more than one thing. And that's also been like a big thing for me is accepting the fact that I can be creatively, I can be pursuing multiple creative pursuits and, and it's fine because I have all the time in the world to do it. And I'm not putting the pressure on myself to be the best that's ever been. It's just, it's going to be my art and it's for me first and foremost. And if I put all of, all of my energy and time and love into the thing that I believe in, then it's going to come out beautiful and someone will, will resonate or it'll be totally shit and I'll get feedback and then I'll go back to the drawing board and do it over again. Like, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to answer your question very longly. <laughs> yeah. And getting like, you probably get feedback all the time or you get things from different agents and things from directors and things from all the people around you. How do you kind of decipher how not to take it personally or what to take and what to say, okay, I can leave this and take this. I think just first and foremost, I would say just time, just like, like I've been in this industry for so long and I've had to navigate managing my mental health, my spirituality amidst a very toxic narcissistically ruled industry in both both industries music and the film industry like I mean the egos and the you know the just all of all of the different things you know thinking you have to have you have to be a size zero and have a perfect body and have no cellulite and be cute all the time I realized that like I was 
putting pressure on myself to be cute all the time. Like I have to, like, if I'm, if I really want to like get the job, I got to be like likable and cute. And sometimes I don't need to do that. You know, depending on the circumstance and depending on how I'm being treated, I don't have to be cute. (laughs) I'm naturally a cute person when I'm in a good mood. (laughs) Like that's enough. But if you're going to, like, if you're going to piss me off or disrespect me or, you know, then I don't got to be cute. Then I'll, then I'm going to tap into that, like inner lion that my inner Leo and be like, no, <laughs> but I think most people nowadays know not to bring out that side of me. Cause she real, she's, she's real. <laughs> and then of like all the projects that you've done, do you have a favorite one? I, I have a soft spot in my heart for The Lion Game just because it was at the beginning of my 20s. We shot it in Austin. It was like basically my college years that I got to live in Austin with this great group of people and fantastic actors like Alex Chando and I still talk about it all the time that we're so bummed that it got canceled because our our synergy as a cast was so great. And there was so much talent within that cast. And you don't always get that. Like, I mean, turn on a lot of TV shows and you can see like the cast doesn't have always that, that thing. And I think we did. And even though while I was going through that and I felt pretty lonely, even, even though I was surrounded by people and the experience was fun, like I was still going through maybe my parents getting divorced, my ego being out of control with like, you don't deserve all the, all of this. That's another thing that I will speak to. And like, if I could talk to my younger self today, I'd be like, enjoy this, just enjoy it because you worked so hard to get here. You wouldn't have gotten to this point if, if the seat wasn't meant for you, you know? And I just kind of like, because I was also becoming aware at that time about all of the horrors going on in the world, like the world water crisis. And I mean, that was the main thing, but just like a whole host of these issues. I was like, oh my God, there's just no, like, what am I doing? I'm getting paid to play pretend. Like how selfish, how egotistical, like just all of that kind of thing. And I really was not nice or kind to myself. And then the show became the escape from the depression that I was feeling alone at home. And so I used weed to cope back then. I don't smoke anymore. I don't use it, but I also don't judge anybody who does because I think it's a different thing for everybody. But that was one of the, one of the things that I leaned on and you know, we partied, we were young, we were partying back then. And so it was really kind of like I was doing everything in my power to dissociate from my emotions and what I was really going through. And then after the show ended, it was like, okay, you have to look at this now. Like you have to face the fact that you are deeply, deeply, deeply sad and you need support and you need to take your energy back. And you need to prioritize your spirituality because you're focused on the show and letting that be a distraction from what you need to look at in here. And I think we do that. I I, I think that can apply to whatever industry you're in. I think we really, and I still have to like, like I love working. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna do my things and I go right. And then I'm gonna play some music. Like it's, it's a, I'm a work in progress, but we all are. And now I have, but now that period in my life, the depression and all of that was a catalyst 
for me to start doing the spiritual work, for me to start digging and just getting to know myself better. Like, what do I really believe? I still challenge my own beliefs on a daily basis. There's a part of me that still has that like Texas Christian thing that was like, you know, what I was raised in. But then there's another part that's like, yeah, but all this other stuff. (laughs) And so now I'm just enjoying the journey of getting to know myself and letting my art be the outlet for which this exploration gets expressed. And I'd love to like dive into your singing journey. Have you always been a singer as well? Yeah. Did it start out with acting? No, I, I started with music. So I did violin when I was seven. I started with classical violin and then I started singing. I fell in love with the Dixie Chicks when I was nine. Actually, I met them when I was four, but their album came out and I was like obsessed with them. So I started singing around nine and then started performing and then, yeah. So I've always been a singer though, like even at home, you know, just making up songs and being weird. (laughs) And did you ever have any blocks come up around sharing your voice and singing? Yeah, definitely. More so in like, not, not when I knew like, okay, I'm going to go sing tonight. I'm mentally prepared for this experience that is going to be nerve wracking and my voice is probably going to shake, but I know this is what I want to do. So I have to do it. It was more so when my mom, we would be somewhere or like with family or with friends. And my mom would be like, Allie yodel for everybody. And I'm like, I don't want to, (laughs) I'm not, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't told I was going to be doing this. Also respect my talent. (laughs) I I'm, I'm, I'm talented at these times. (laughs) and I don't want all the attention on me (laughs) in this moment and could you like share some of the stories behind some of your songs sure (sighs) so when I have a song called madman and it's on my first solo ep and I wrote it at home in Texas on my little keyboard and that was right around the time that I was kind of going through my thing with my boyfriend and my parents were also splitting up And so I wrote from my perspective, but also kind of my mom's perspective. And that song is is essentially about, for me, it was like, you know, my, my situation with my boyfriend at the time was I felt like he was more loyal to our mutual guy friend. And I didn't feel like I was like, we were getting anywhere. Like we were, we put so much energy and time and love into building you know growing this like musical creature this band that we did and he was also on the show and I was just like you know like like where else are you gonna find another girl like me like (laughs) um essentially to put it really simply but then I also kind like I always do this with my songs where it could be about something that's macro and going on in my personal life and then I'll just like my mind will blow it up onto a macro scale. And that song can also be about war in general and just how, you know, men and like men's egos and men's egos will just continue to perpetuate war and continue to wreak havoc. And it's always the women that are like, okay, so we got to clean up this mess and we're the ones who are marginalized and not listened to. And we're the ones who also have to raise the children, have the children. So yeah, I mean, Madman is, is a song to 
the madmen of the world, like the men who are more concerned with how they're perceived by other men more than they're concerned about how they treat the most vulnerable people of society on the macro scale. Mm. So it's a darker song. I have a song called Stepping Stone that was, I played on The Lion Game, wrote and recorded down there in Austin. And that song is basically about like taking the hits as they come and just realizing that every opportunity is just a stepping stone. Like you might never have the one thing that's like your big break. And that's like the one thing that's going to be that your whole life. I mean, you know, even the people on Friends still went on to do other things after Friends. So it's whether it's a relationship or a job, like it's a moment. So love it while you're in it, learn what you can, and then realize that like, you're going to be onto the next thing at some point. And just to keep, keep running. And if you get rejected, like it's okay, you're going to live <laughs> and just keep going. I love that. And what is something you're learning right now? It could be anything. Right now. I'm learning how to work with a very small budget (laughs) and still stay positive in the direction of my dreams and not succumb to the fear of, well, maybe I need to choose a whole, you know, just like give up because I, I'm used to, I'm accustomed to a certain lifestyle, you know, like I, that's part of the reason. So I was telling you earlier, I just moved to Nashville in December from Los Angeles, where I lived for 14 years. And that was a huge move for me to do. Like, I love LA. It's it's my favorite city in the world. But right now it's a little (laughs) hairy. And honestly, I just didn't really feel like I was being nurtured the way that I need to be. And I have found a community of like-minded people here in Nashville who are true creatives. And there's not as much like competition, like everybody kind of just wants to like help each other. And so I think, I mean, patience is kind of the name of the game. I'm just learning again, yet again, how to be patient in the process of, you know, not knowing when the next thing is going to happen and just staying creative. And if I have to get a regular job, like God forbid, I get a regular job to supplement my income while I still continue to pursue what I really want to do. That's another great thing about Nashville to Los Angeles is I'm paying so much less in rent. It's like so much more manageable here. And like, I'm living in a gorgeous house. Granted, I have roommates, but like, I'd rather be in this situation than like gouging my eyes out, stressing about money, like to live in a shoebox where in a city where like, I don't even really feel like I'm getting any traction or like going anywhere. So I'm very excited to be here. And yeah, I mean, I think that's my challenge is just being patient and like patient while also take continuing to take steps in the direction that I want to go. And what's something that most people don't know about you? Um, I'm very sensitive. (laughs) Maybe they do know that. I don't know. I, because I'm so fiercely independent and I, I'm self-motivated. I don't really have to have anybody like micromanaging me to like stay on top of my creativity and stuff because I'm so independent. I think it might come off. I might come off like as if I don't need anybody, which technically like what I don't need are like fake people in my life and people who, you know, are trying to fuck with my flow, but I do crave like really deep, intimate relationships. I don't take the ending of relationships lightly. Yeah. I, 
I don't know, I'm very good at like being strong, but at the same time, when I'm alone, I'm very not. (laughs) And I have a final question for you. If you were to go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what do you want to tell her? You don't want to tell her anything that's okay too. I just want you to visualize you're at the table with her sitting across from her. Ah, uh, uh, now I'm going to cry. <laughs> um, I would just tell her how proud I am of her. <laughs> I would tell her not to waste so much time focusing on guys. I would tell her that she is shows so much promise as an artist is 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 really doing like the right thing most of the time and that if if people whether they be guys or you know women aren't showing up for her the way she's showing up for them to not waste the time worrying you know is she good enough or just I think I just I wasted a lot of time trying to, you know, get people's attention and validation and make things happen and like slow down. I would have just said slow down a little bit earlier. And uh, I don't know, like you say these things and then you're like, yeah, but if I didn't do the things that I did, I wouldn't get to this point. Mainly, I just, I would just tell her I'm proud of her and don't focus so much on guys do what you love and the right person will naturally come along. I'm still telling myself that hoping it's true. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I loved interviewing you today and I'd love to know where can we find you online? I so enjoyed being on your podcast. Thank you for having me on to talk about myself. Um, (laughs) But I hope it was helpful for your listeners to just know that like, yeah, like your twenties can be awesome in some ways. And they can be shitty, but you'll get through them. I had to be so strong for myself a lot of times. And I think maybe that's also something that I would say is like, just just get through the really, really, really tough days. Just get through them, you know, because you'll get better. If, if you have to nap the whole day, like I give yourself permission to do that. Like give yourself rest, you know, be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. And where can we find you online? I am very active on Instagram. You can find me at go underscore Nino on Instagram and Twitter. When is this going to be airing, by the way? It's going to be in about three weeks or less. Okay, so we'll be <laughs> past the contest. I, I have a podcast called The Balanced Bay Podcast. If you want to check that out, uh, I have a few episodes from last year, but new episodes will be coming soon. Um, And iTunes, Spotify, you can find my music there. Maybe find some of the things that I've done on TV, on Netflix. I don't even know. But just a quick Google search will help you out. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.